Okay, so today we are talking about a very common question I get from one-on-one -on -one clients all the time, even group coaching clients, about how to tra transition from tracking macros to more intuitive eating. Um, and I think this is a great goal, and I really do think it is the next step when it comes to finishing a one-on-one -on -one coaching relationship or wrapping up a mentorship or group program, um, because it is, it's a nice way to move from, you know, tracking everything you eat to taking a more relaxed approach to what you are eating and consuming. Um, and the goal at the end of the day is not to track macros for the rest of your life. Macros are a tool to help you get to your body composition goals. And really at the end of the day, they are a guide. They are not the be all end all of what you should be eating all the time. But I think what happens is we get stuck in this rut almost that macros become a crutch. And it's almost like we don't know how to eat without tracking something. Um, so there's a lot of pros and cons of macros, but I think for a lot of women, when they've tracked for a really long time, they've learned so much about their eating habits, about food and nutrition, um, that they do get to a point where it makes sense to start tracking less and really to start paying attention to their biofeedback, how their body feels um, and to start eating more intuitively. And I do think there's a nice middle ground gray area of tracking and intuitive eating where you can kind of do both. Um, but it's, it's can be a little tricky to figure out exactly what to do. Um, so this will hopefully help you guys put the pieces together and figure out a plan of attack for making this happen. Because again, the goal is not to track forever and ever. I mean, I just think about like, like my grandma or something in a nursing home tracking her macros. And like, that's not what we want. You want to just be able to eat food, live your life and not have it consume all of your thoughts all the time. So um, hopefully this will be helpful for you. Um, the first step, of course, of this process is really um, mindset shifts about the whole process of tracking and what tracking means to you um, and maybe why it's something that you might want to do less of or just leave it in the past. Um, so the first thing I want to point out is that tracking macros is a choice. It's not something you have to do, um, but realizing that you don't have to micromanage your calories and your metabolism by counting every single morsel of food is really the first step in this whole process. Just being aware that you don't have to track. You don't have to track forever. Um, you can live your life without tracking food. So I think just even knowing this and just accepting it um, is really, really important for moving forward in this process. So tracking and like almost micromanaging your food and your intake and all that can be very obsessive. Um, it can also lead you to some sort of dysfunction and weird relationships with food. Um, so if you're at that point with macros, um, it could be a time to loosen the reins, um, but it also makes women afraid not to track. They're almost nervous about what would happen if they didn't track. Um, so we're gonna talk about trusting yourself, trusting your body for sure. Um, but all this tracking, think about what it's doing to your brain. 
<laughs> like how your relationship with food has changed. I mean, some people love macros as a tool because they are just so helpful for giving them information and data about what they're doing. But for other people, it can be a very stressful process if they're not quote unquote hitting their macros and doing it perfectly day after day. Um, but again, it's just a relationship to explore with yourself and with your food and with macros and how they all fit together. So um, just wanted to point that out. And then another important thing to point out is that really our bodies don't require an exact math equation of macros to function. Um, if anything, our bodies function best, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, um, with more flexibility and intuition. And I know macros can be such a great starting point for so many people when it comes to just healthy eating and learning more about nutrition and, you know, what makes up food. Um, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, like we all want to just be able to eat freely um, and eat foods that make us feel good and feel good about our choices. And so we can just live our lives and not focus on, you know, facing your phone, calculating macros, making sure you're, you know, hitting all your bases. Um, so again, this is a choice. This is something that you have chosen to do, but you can also choose not to do it or find that gray area where maybe you use macros sometimes um, to help you as far as getting you to certain goals in your life, nutritional periodization, where you have a specific goal in mind, um, or just as a tool to have in your back pocket. I always um, remind clients that, you know, after a vacation or after the holidays, sometimes using macros to kind of quote unquote get back on track is really helpful, um, but it's not something that you need to do forever and always. All right, so just to emphasize this point, you know, your body doesn't require that much math. <laughs> so you don't need to track every single morsel. Um, and if you think about it, we've talked about this before, but your body doesn't even have the same nutritional needs from day to day. I mean, some days you work out, some days you don't work out, some days you get a great night to, night of sleep, other days you don't sleep at all. Um, sometimes you're about to menstruate or you're about to ovulate and like your body needs more energy to do these bodily functions. So it really just depends from day to day how much energy your body needs. Um, and this goes back to, you know, some days you're hungry, some days you're not hungry. Um, and I think a lot of us, you know, when we're tracking macros, we're trying to hit a specific number every single day. Um, and sometimes it doesn't make sense. Some days you're not hungry. Some days you're way hungrier. Um, and what does that mean? Like if you're eating more than that, you know, goal set of macros, is that bad? Is it good? You know, like it's, it just, puts these like funny ideas in our heads. Um, so just to know that your body doesn't require X number of protein, carbs, and fat every single day. Um, and really like the idea of tracking macros assumes that your body's needs remain constant. And that's just not it. Every day is different and your body needs different things every day. So questioning this underlying assumption and really beginning to believe your body doesn't require so much math and mental effort as far as tracking macros goes, brings freedom to explore intuitive eating and really does help you like loosen the reins. Um, so just an important point to hammer home and something to consider. Change is good. <laughs> 
So that's the thing. I, I've worked with so many women over the years. And I mean, some women have come to me tracking macros for years, like years and years of their lives. And sure, this can be great for a lot of reasons. It can keep you on track and accountable to yourself and making sure you're, you know, hitting your protein goal and getting enough fiber in. There's so many good reasons for macros. But if you kind of got to that point in your life where you almost have like tracking fatigue, like similar to diet fatigue, where you're just like, I don't really want to do this anymore. It's like kind of a pain or like you're just not into it like you used to be. It could be a really great time to start this process of transitioning um, because again, you don't have to track macros. <laughs> Um, but macros are a helpful tool for helping you progress and achieve your body composition goals. So, I mean, using them during certain phases of your nutrition. So if you're in a diet phase, if you're in a reverse phase, if you're in a bulking phase, sure, it'd be a great time to use macros because again, you're keeping yourself accountable. You're keeping yourself on track. You're providing yourself with data as far as what you were doing to help you see if you are progressing in the right directions. But like many things in life, you know, diet, fitness priorities, they're going to change. They're going to change throughout the different seasons of your life from month to month, years. Um, and this is a good thing. I mean, honestly, if things didn't change, I would be more worried about that. So if you're at this phase in your life where like your priorities are just different, you don't want to track your macros anymore could be the perfect time to start making this transition. Um, and our bodies are meant to change and our minds are supposed to learn and grow and think about things differently. They're not supposed to stay the same. Um, so don't be scared of this dynamic nature of your body and mind. Um, once you realize the beauty in it, there's really like a piece on the other side, which I know sounds so, so cheesy. And even writing that, I was like, this sounds so cheesy. But it's true. I think some of us really get wrapped up in the macros and there's some sort of like self-worth attached to the macros. And if you hit your macros every single day, you're doing it right and you're a good person because you're on top of your macros and it doesn't have to be that. And I do think there is a place where you can just be in tune with what your body needs and just eat and live and not think about the macros all the time. But of course, there needs to be some sort of transition process from, you know, point A to point B. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about, things that you can actually do to make this transition happen. Because yeah, if you've been tracking for a really long time, you're like really rely on these numbers and, um, you know, your goals for the day, um, it can take a little bit to transition out of it. And, you know, it's like anything in life, you've got to practice <laughs> It's going to take time um, and it's not going to happen overnight. So just to give yourself grace and patience with the whole process. All right. And so this is a very, very key component to this whole transition process is practicing trust. And I'm going to emphasize practice because again, it's not going to happen overnight. And if you're somebody who has done the macro thing or even just the diet restriction, that type of thing, it takes time to really learn to trust your body and trust your decisions and know that, you know, eat, eating off plan or off your macros is like not the end of the world. It's not going to make you gain 10 pounds overnight. You're not going to be an unworthy, unhealthy person because you don't track your macros. Um, it's just a part of the process for sure. 
Um, but tracking macros has taught us um, that our bodies can't be trusted. I mean, think about it. I mean, maybe a lot of us have turned to macros because we don't know how to eat intuitively. And that's fine. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm not poo-pooing macros in any way. Um, but I just think about why a lot of people do turn to macros is because they don't know how to properly put a meal together that satisfies them, or they don't know how many calories their body needs. Um, and this is very, very common. I mean, I just think about diet culture and what we're all programmed to think, um, but macros can be really, really helpful for making sense of that information. How much do you need to eat? How much protein do you need to eat? Um, how much do you need to eat on a workout day versus a rest day? You know, things like that. So it really is good data for us. Um, and I know I'm like, you know, riding both sides of this argument, but I do see so many great things in macros, but at the same time, I don't think it needs to be a forever thing. So basically, you know, for better or worse, you are using a tool to help guide your food choices. And for some people, this really sometimes takes the thought out of what you need to be eating in a sense, like you're not maybe in tune with your body as far as what it needs. Like your MyFitnessPal says you need, you know, 40 grams of protein and you just eat 40 grams of protein, but maybe that's not what you need at the time, or maybe that's not what your body is craving. Um, or, you know, you've gone over your fat for the day, but then you're, you're scared to eat more fat because my fitness pal says you've already eaten enough fat, but maybe fat is going to be the most satisfying thing for you to eat that day. So again, it kind of like takes the thinking out of your food choices, um, which is good and bad. You know, there, there are pros and cons, um, cause going back to the protein thing, I feel like a lot of us need more protein. So it is helpful to have an app that says you got to get a little bit more protein or a little bit more fiber into your diet. Um, but yeah, when there's, those goals and they don't make sense for what your body is craving um, or what your body needs post-workout or something like that, um, it, it can be a little bit tricky because, you know, is it true that your body can't be trusted to make these decisions? Like, could you make them on your own without macro goals and an app telling you what to do? So just something to consider. Um, and then does your body, um, successfully tell you when it's time to like go to the bathroom, like your body can be trusted. Um, I mean, it communicates needs to you well beyond food. And I mean, it's kind of like a cheesy example, um, but your body does so many things throughout the day um, that are worthy of trust. So just going back to the food thing, which I know is a big part of what happens um, every day, but um, your body can be trusted. And I mean, I just think about fitness, for example. So if you're tired and sore after a workout, you know, a really tough workout, your body is telling you maybe it's time to slow down and rest. I mean, think about it. You can trust your body. Um, it tells you what it needs when it needs it. Um, and I think just being more in tune with that as far as intuitive eating and what your body needs um, is really, really key for making that transition. And it might take some time. I think a lot of us have been programmed like not to listen to our body, to listen to diet culture, to listen to the macros. Um, so it can take time to really figure out what that means. Um, but most likely um, you can resonate with this. You agree that you can trust your body in a number of ways. Um, but even if you're still kind of on the fence about this, maybe you're not sure, like if you can totally trust yourself around certain foods or types of foods, um, start noticing when and why your body deserves trust. And again, it sounds a little cheesy, um, but I do think just taking the time to really dig into this up uh, 
into this with yourself um, can really make a huge difference. Um, and then just like any relationship in life, as long as you're working on building trust with your body, um, you can get there. You can make progress and get there. So at the end of the day, it comes back to experimentation, reflecting on what you were doing, and then just taking those continual steps towards trusting yourself. And it really could be as simple as just taking a day off from tracking, like little things like that. So um, I'll get in again, I'll get into like the specifics of what you can try and some things that will work. But at the end of the day, it comes down to trusting yourself, trusting your decisions, feeling confident in your decisions and practicing that trust because it can take many weeks, many months, many years to get to that point. Because I mean, again, if you think about diet culture, we have been so programmed to follow diets, to follow meal plans, to follow macros. Um, and we have kind of lost that connection with our bodies and being able to trust ourselves. But I mean, if you have been somebody who has been doing the diets, doing the meal plans, doing the macros for decades of your life, it's not going to be a quick fix. It's going to take time. But um, just like anything in life, just like anything, new skill, new hobby, um, it takes practice and it takes time and it takes consistency. So um, just be gentle with yourself. I know this all sounds really, really cheesy, but it's so, so important for that mind piece of mindset piece of all of this. Okay, so how do you actually transition from macros to more intuitive eating? And so I have a few ideas for you. You can try them all. You can try one or two. Um, you know, pick the ones that resonate best with you. And some might work at certain times of this process. Others might work at other times. So feel free to try a few different ones. Rotate them. Rotate through them. Um, go back to ones that have worked for you. It's definitely not a linear straight path as far as making this transition, but all of these things can help you in different ways and different things work for different people. So consider them all, just be open-minded, um, definitely be open to looking at things differently and you know, do your best to try them and just really pay attention to what's working and not working. Um, and so at the top of this slide here, I say, you know, it's best to try these in a maintenance phase. It's definitely not required, but I just think it makes more sense because you don't have a specific goal in mind. And, you know, as we've talked about macros, they're really, really good for periodizing your nutrition, phasing your nutrition. So macros make a lot of sense when you're in a cut phase, when you're in a reverse, when you're in a bulk, um, but in a maintenance, maintenance phase might be the time where you do try more intuitive eating because you're not so tied to specific numbers or a specific calorie goal. Um, so it could really work best then. And if you think about how much time you spend in maintenance, you really could make a good um, effort and dent in this process as far as taking, you know, three to six months to nine months to a year of your life, really focusing on maintenance and figuring out what that transition from tracking all the time to more intuitive eating looks like. So again, again, patience, trusting yourself, consistency. I know it's kind of like the boring recommendations that you've heard again and again, um, but all this to say, it just takes time and um, practice. 
Okay, so these are the ideas um, that I have for you. I will go through one by one with a little bit more detail, um, but basically, um, you know, take planned days off from tracking, only track protein and fiber, focus on whole foods and portion size, utilize journaling, um, the biofeedback tracker, the diet check record, um, and then if-then planning. So these are a number of things that you can implement and try as you make this transition. All right, so the first one, which I think is really common, and this is what a lot of our one-on-one -on -one clients do. So they take planned days off from tracking. And this can be totally planned into your week. You could say, I'm gonna track Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and then take off the other days. And you can figure this out based on what works best for you in your lifestyle. But for a lot of our clients, it's taking one day off per week and um, slowly over time, increasing to more days, quote unquote, off. So you could do five days on, two days off, four days on, three days off, and keep moving um, to those off days more and more. So then you maybe you're only tracking two days a week and you have five days off. But really like planning this into your week where you're just taking days off. And of course, on those days when you are not tracking, you're mindful of your choices. You're not just eating whatever you want. It's not a free for all. Um, in the beginning, I would not suggest taking like a Saturday or a Friday or a weekend day off um, just because those are the, the times where you're typically around a lot more indulgent foods, you're going out to dinner, you're drinking, like things like that. So maybe that might not be the best first start um, to taking a day off, I would probably pick a, like a Monday through Thursday, um, just like a regular day. I think that probably makes a lot more sense. But over time, you know, adding more and more days in and taking those days off. So just being mindful of your choices. And honestly, you could almost replicate a day that you had tracked and then replicate it to a day where you quote unquote, don't track, but eat similarly and just not track it. So it almost gives you some confidence behind what you're doing um, and some trust, you know what I mean? So just something to consider. You could just basically eat what you did the day before, but just not track it. So that's a good way to do it on your own without tracking anything. But in your head, you kind of know that that day worked for you and was pretty close to your macros. So just like another way to easily start that transition. And of course, over time, you know, you can start doing your own thing and being a little bit more free. But in the beginning, it really comes down to learning to trust yourself and learning to trust your decisions. All right, and this is another tactic that you could add to those off days or something that you could just do separately by itself. And again, this is something that really works for our one-on-one clients. Um, and this is something that I'll do if I'm tracking anything, just because protein's always a struggle for me to get in, fiber I'm very focused on just because I wanna have a healthy gut microbiome. So I'm just trying to make sure I'm covering my bases as far as protein and fiber go. Um, but basically just tracking your protein and fiber. And if you remember from, I don't remember what week it was, week three, that slide of protein as a building block and carbs and fat as fuel sources, um, carbs and fat are kind of interchangeable and essentially you can kind of let them fall where they may, but protein is really important as far as a building block, 
fiber is really important as far as overall health and gut health and weight loss. Um, so prioritizing protein and fiber and really letting the carbs and the fat just fall where they may. Um, and I think that is like a really nice way to track something, um, but not be overly obsessive with like hitting your carbs on the dot, hitting your fat on the dot. You're really just making sure you're getting that protein in and then getting the fiber in. And if you think about those two things, protein and fiber, protein, you typically need to prepare ahead of time. It's typically coming from whole food sources and same with fiber. Like you are likely getting a lot of good whole food sources if you are prioritizing protein and fiber, because then you're getting fruits and veggies and lentils and beans and oats and chia seeds and that type of stuff. And same goes for protein. Of course, you could just have a bunch of protein powder and protein bars and collagen, but you know, deep down that you should be eating meat and fish and beans and good sources of protein. But if you are focusing on these two things and prioritizing them, you're probably getting some good sources of nutrition in your life. Um, and this is actually something that I recommend if somebody goes on vacation or they have like a special event or something like this where they wanna stay on track, maybe they're in the middle of a diet phase or something like that. Um, you could always go and just track your protein and fiber. It just dumbs down the whole process in a sense, but you really are prioritizing the things that are most important. Um, and of course, at the end of the day, um, you want to keep an eye on your total calories. You don't, again, you don't want to just eat anything, um, but you could just keep this in mind as you're moving through. I know you're not tracking every single thing, um, but like mentally you can kind of go through your day and just make sure you're on track there. I do think though, like if you're tracking your protein and fiber and prioritizing them, you're probably not going over on your calories. I mean, you could be, um, but just overall intake could be helpful as far as what you're doing. And you could track um, your carbs and fat in that sense, that just the overall caloric intake, but just not pay attention to like hitting your carbs on the dot, hitting your fat on the dot, um, just kind of letting them fall where they may. Maybe you're over on carbs, under on fat, over on fat, under on carbs, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, you're only tracking protein and fiber. It just makes things a lot easier. All right. Um, the next idea is focusing on whole foods and portion size. And again, this could be something that you just do solo on its own, or this is something that you implement on your quote unquote off days where you're not tracking. Um, and really this is, there's a hierarchy of importance here. Um, number one would be whole foods. So just focusing on getting whole foods in your diet. So eliminating processed foods or just minimizing the much as much as possible. And then number two is the portion size. So what is like, how much are you eating? Cause at the end of the day, it really does come down to like portion size um, to make sure you're not overdoing that. Um, and so what does this all mean? Like, what does this mean in the grand scheme of things? So I do have some more information to really help you identify, you know, what I'm talking about here and like what is most important. Um, so when I'm talking about whole foods, I'm basically talking about what comes from the earth, <laughs> like things that grow, things that come from an animal, things that have not been processed or artificially manufactured in some sort of way, things that are just wholesome, good foods. Um, so what to eat, protein, carbs, fat, things, like I said, that come from the earth <laughs> or that have been made from things on the earth that don't have um, refined sugars, weird chemicals, fake sugars, like you know, just limit the process stuff. 
And then again, this is like another visual for you, just, you know, what's considered um, whole foods versus highly processed. Um, you know, on the left here, this is whole foods. And then we kind of move towards processed foods, but really focusing on the green foods, maybe some yellow foods, and then just you know, minimizing the red foods as much as possible. Because again, if you're focusing on whole foods, you're probably doing a really good job with your macros. Even though you're not tracking them, um, you're paying attention to what you're eating. And really that is like the most important part, just being aware of what you're eating and then paying attention to how those foods make you feel. And then here's another visual as far as like what this means as far as putting together a plate of food without actually tracking exactly what you're eating. Um, and you can use your plate as just a visual representation of what foods you might want to eat. So half your plate, you know, fruits and veggies, good wholesome stuff there, um, a source of protein that might be a quarter of your plate, and then the rest would be a starch and a fat. And this is just one example of many plate examples. There's so many on the internet. Precision Nutrition has a couple of their own that you might find helpful. This is what I recommend to my one-on-one -on -one clients. This is kind of how I personally eat. I do think it's helpful as far as just looking at your plate, putting together a well-rounded meal, but not worrying about every little thing and putting it in MyFitnessPal. It just ensures that you're getting a well-rounded meal of protein, carbs, fat, veggies, fiber. Um, so just a starting place for you. Like I said, you know, try it out. Could be really good. Um, there are other plates out there, visual plates. Um, so, you know, just try what works for you. And this is a little bit more specific. This is something I use with my clients as well, um, but to how to make a power plate. Um, I say it's a power plate. It's basically just a well-rounded meal where you're covering all your bases and it's filling you up and satisfying you typically for many hours. Um, but I just give a little bit more guidance here. And again, this is one of many examples. It could just be a starting point for you, um, but you could use, um, you know, tablespoons, you could use measuring cups, um, you could use your scale if you wanted to, but you don't have to track it. It just, you, this is good information for you and you could start try eating this way, not tracking it and seeing how these meals make you feel. It's just a different, it's a different thing to track essentially, but you're not tracking the macros down to the exact gram. Um, does give you a little bit more wiggle room um, and it could be a lot more sustainable for the long term. And then you're not chained to your phone and MyFitnessPal and tracking every little thing. So um, it just gives you a little bit of a framework, um, but again, you're not chained to your macros. This is another example of um, portion sizes. This comes from Precision Nutrition. Um, it's really helpful as far as figuring out what a portion size might be. Um, you've probably seen this before where the palm of your hand is um, a, a portion of protein, a fist is, you know, a serving of vegetables or um, grains or like a starchier food. A thumb is like a serving of fat. Um, it's another good way to estimate without calculating everything, without weighing everything. Um, this can be really useful when you're dining out, things like that, um, but you're not tracking like every single thing that you're eating. So it's like a nice gray area where you are trans transitioning from tracking and weighing everything um, to eating more mindfully and intuitively. So um, I'll put this in the portal so you can have access to this because it can be super duper helpful um, in just making that transition. 
The next idea is utilizing journaling, the biofeedback tracker, and the diet check record. And all these resources are in the portal. Um, and you can use them all together. You can use them at different times. Um, but the whole point here is though, even though these things require more tracking in a sense, another thing to pay attention to, um, you're taking macros out of the equation to be more in tune with what your body needs. So again, it's slowing down, it's being aware of what you're eating and what you're doing. Um, and, you know, writing about it, journaling how certain foods make you feel or how your relationship with food is changing, how macros make you feel, how eating intuitively makes you feel, um, what happens if you don't track macros, like really digging into that, like does it say something about your self-worth, um, does it say something about how you trust your body or don't trust your body, do you feel lost without it, do you feel free without macros, um, so there's a lot of things to consider, but just taking five or ten minutes minutes to write these things down, even a couple times a week, it doesn't even need to be every other day, can really help you make sense of what you're doing during this transition. Um, and of course, the biofeedback tracker, that's helping you pay attention to how certain foods are making you feel when you're not tracking them. And then also the diet check record could be a really useful tool where you eat a meal um, and then pay attention to what your body is telling you after you eat that meal. And again, you don't have to track anything. You could just use these tools as a way to really assess what you're doing as far as um, eating more intuitively. So just a few things to consider. And like I said, you could use them all, you could use one, you could use two, you could try them out um, and just decide what works best for you. Um, and then other things to consider when you're going through this process um, is eating to 80% full. And I think this is something sometimes we miss out on. We just eat the macros or eat whatever my fitness tell fitness pal tells us to eat. Um, but it's really important to pay attention to those satisfaction cues and like your hunger cues. Um, so when you're eating, like take the time, put your fork down between bites, you know, like slow down at meals um, and see like how you feel. Like, are you 80-ish percent full? And if you are, that could be a time to stop eating. So keep this in mind um, when you are you know, consuming your meals, because yeah, if you think about it, like if you're just preparing a meal based on the macros you should be eating, you're not really paying attention to this fullness factor. You're just eating because that's what the macros told you to do. Um, but at the end of the day, this could be a lot more helpful for you and your goals. Um, and then similarly, um, you could rate your hunger on a scale of one to 10 before you're about to eat. And this could make sense um, for how you build your meals, what you put into your meals. Um, but this can be really, really helpful for before you eat a meal, during a meal kind of goes back to the 80%. Um, and even after a meal, like, did you eat enough? Did you eat too much? Um, but really putting like almost a number with what you're doing can be really, really helpful for just making sense of this transition um, and eating more intuitively. So just, just some things to consider as you're moving through all this. And then finally, I have if-then planning. And this is super helpful for one-on-one -on -one clients. I have done this with so, so many clients. I really liked it. Saved it for last because I really do hope it's something that you incorporate because it can be really, really helpful. Um, but if you've never heard of if-then planning, it's basically a tool that minimizes decision-making and helps you work through any obstacles that have become between you and your goals. So what does that mean? <laughs> 
<laughs> so basically, it does take the decision making process um, down a level. So you've almost like made a decision before the thing happens, uh, before the obstacle, the challenge happens. Um, so basically, it's like, if this happens, then I'm going to do this. So if X happens, I'm going to do Y. So it really does kind of take that decision making out of the process because you've already thought about it. You've already put a plan into place. So when you come up on this situation or obstacle, you know what to do. It really does just empower you and give you confidence to make new decisions because yeah, doing things differently or changing things, it's uncomfortable. It's not normal. Like sometimes you don't like that feeling, um, but sometimes you do need to get a little uncomfortable to make change. So keep that in mind. All right. So putting this if then planning into practice. Um, so here's an example. So basically you set an intention um, and a specific goal, and then you come up with if then strategies and you can come up with as many if then strategies as you want. It doesn't have to be one, should be at least one, um, but you can come up with a variety of scenarios for whatever's going on in your life. So um, here's an example. Um, so your intention is that you want to transition from tracking macros every day to more intuitive eating. Um, and your goal is that you're going to track four days per week and take three days off. And I think that's a great middle ground gray area um, to work towards. Um, and so your if then strategy is if it's a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Thursday, or Saturday, then I will not track my macros. But of course, you'll be mindful of your food choices. Um, and then your alternative plan is if I don't track I will then prioritize whole foods and portion sizes at all meals. So it gives you like another option. So if like you're, you know, taking the day off, this is something else you can do to be mindful of your choices, but it puts like the ball in your court as far as what you are doing and gives you direction. So you're not just like flailing around being like, I'm not tracking my macros, but it gives you like something to do, like the decision has been made. And then I gave like another alternative here that if you feel off track, or you feel out of control with your food choices on those off days, then you'll track your protein and fiber for the day. So instead of just throwing in the towel or going off the rails, you have another option. And this one is tracking protein and fiber for the day. And this can be anything specific to you and what might work for you. But again, it just like gives you another option and it gives you confidence to follow through with your plan without just, you know, giving up all together because it's not perfect or not what you were expecting. Um, so basically like you're creating a backup plan um, and you're eliminating any unnecessary decision-making and that's when it gets uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like you don't know what to do. It feels kind of weird. It's something new. Um, but basically it just allows you to plow through those obstacles and just continue on with working towards your goals. So this can be really, really helpful, of course, for transitioning from macros to more intuitive eating. Um, but like even with one-on-one -on -one clients, like using this for dining out, I feel like that's like a good thing too. Like if I go out to eat, then I'm going to get um, the salmon with a side of vegetables and one glass of wine. You know what I mean? Like you can make it as specific as possible, um, but it does take that decision-making out of the process. So when you get to the restaurant, you're not like, 
well, I kind of want the mozzarella sticks and like the baked mac and cheese and I'm going to have a dessert and like you just like go nuts. It does help you focus your goals or focus your decisions so you can continue to work towards your goal. But really you can use this if then planning with anything, even your workouts, like if if you don't have time for your workout, then you're going to do a 20 minute hit workout in your basement, you know, things like that, um, that really help you just be focused on what you're doing instead of just being like, ah, forget it. I couldn't get the hour workout in. I'm not going to do anything. Um, so again, this is great for transitioning from tracking to more intuitive eating, but can be used in many areas of life as far as healthy eating, healthy habits, all that good stuff. So that's all I have for this video. I hope you found this helpful and I'll see you guys on the next video.